Good morning and welcome to Grace. I'm Pastor Ryan. Today, we have finished up our lengthy series that I've entitled The Final Generation. 2020 here at Grace started out with the expressed purpose of intentionally investing in the faith of our young people and together as a community to work towards helping their faith develop. Thank you for joining us on this journey as we have come to the conclusion this morning to see that there is a unique balance of dependence and independence that must be passed on to our kids if they are to carry the baton of faith forward. When I was in high school, I was part of a team that would um, uh, compete with other schools for a creative building and kind of a, a, like a quiz bowl type of a team. Super nerd stuff, if you know what I'm talking about. That's that's It was awesome. We're not very popular with the rest of the the ladies in high school, but I'm digressing already. So one of the things that we would do is we would build uh, these balsa wood bridges out of glue in these little strips of balsa wood. And you'd have to uh, span a certain distance and uh, glue it all together. And you'd spend nights just uh, researching what was the strongest configuration that would make that bridge hold the most amount of weight. And with all this care and time and attention, the anxiety came when they started to pack and style, uh, stack the weights on top and you just hoped that the glue would hold and that your design was best for all the work and time that you put into it. You know, we, we have been here in a series called The Final Generation and it's focusing in on our children and how we're raising them with all of the time and care and attention and craftsmanship that we as parents and grandparents would put into our children at some point i gotta conclude this series and so today is uh the last message but uh, i told emily i said i feel like i could just preach on this subject uh just forever uh because when i look to the nature of our church and the greatest challenges facing the church in america today it's the declining number of youth that are not attending and and are leaving the church faster than any other demographic but we gotta we gotta wrap it up and so that's what today is uh the title of the the sermon is independence that was that was totally just random that was complete luck that that happened happenstance right um and we're what we're going to be looking at specifically is this final step in parenting that really is never done but it's where we are turning them over to God and how we as parents and grandparents need to begin that process from honestly from conception praying and asking for God's blessing to do beyond what we are able to do with them Um, I do feel like I could continue on and just end up repeating so many of the messages that I've given already Um, if you can recall back we started very early on looking at the importance of marriage. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, even before I could talk about the kids, this was back in January. I said, when it comes to the final generation, you have to put the horses before the cart, right? And, and those two horses are a loving husband and wife in a family because that's step number one to raising godly children and having your faith get passed on to them. Uh, After we looked at that, we spent time looking at teaching and how important instruction is and how that mantle is expected by the scriptures to belong to the fathers, not the pastor. It says, husbands, I'm I'm sorry, fathers, train your children. 
and how then after you have that initial community of the family and that household with instruction happening there, that then it gets extended to the rest of the community. That we collectively as God people, we take a, um, we take a bit of a vow before God to say at a moment of baby dedication or baptism, we all pledge to live our lives in such a way that we will grow them in the faith. Continuing in review, we looked three Sundays. I put a little mini-series inside a bigger series, and we looked at generational strongholds. I don't know if you recall those, uh, those messages, but the way in which we have to look to what we've inherited, give good and careful attention to what it is that we're passing on to our kids. After this, we looked at discipline, and discipline without affirmation becomes tyranny, and affirmation without discipline is licentiousness, and so these two go hand in hand. Uh, parents must discipline their children, but they must also equally affirm them. And then we also looked at just recently, since we've come back off of the, the Easter Reflection series with videos, we've looked at appropriation, making it our own. We looked at dedication. That was two weeks ago. And last Sunday, quiz time. What was it? Nine to five? Work, that's right. We looked at work and that, that biblical theology of work, which is the three T's. Do you remember those three T's, what they are? Use your talents, your time, and your opportunities. That's right, to glorify the giver. Um, that's my review. That's kind of where we've been over all of this. But I want to remind you where we began. We began with the story of Hannah. Do you remember that story? Hannah wanted a child. And so she prayed and she prayed. And I told you, the place we're raising our children, if the church is going to be blessed with more children, the faith is going to continue. It begins with prayer, and guess what it ends with? It ends with prayer. And so that's, that's what we're going to do today. We're, we're going to end this series with prayer. One of the things, I actually had to go back and look at my notes. One of the things that I mentioned to the church was, on that first Sunday, is to look at our church and pick three kids. I challenged every one of you to pick three of the children in our church to pray for. Show of hands that you've been doing that. Ah, see, you're honest this morning. No, but listen, that's still, how crucial would that be? Imagine if every one of us here was praying for the children in our church to grow up to know and fear the Lord. Well, this morning we're going to be in a passage in the Gospel of Matthew that is largely a marriage passage, but we're going to look at this principle of having to uh, ask God's blessing over three different spheres, three different areas on this last kind of event within a parent's life as they let their kids go, as they entrust them to the Lord, and how that process begins from conception all the way through the, the time they turn 18. <clears throat> uh, there was a song on the radio uh, yesterday as we were driving to go watch fireworks, um, country song emily you might have to help me with it because i forget I'm, i shouldn't have even brought it up now i gotta like explain it because i'm preaching uh it says she left the suds in the bucket and the clothes hanging out on the line yeah she turned 18 and guess what she did she's gone and i used to listen to that song when i was single and young and i was like yeah go and now that i have a daughter i'm like no this song's awful <laughs> Strange how that flips in your life. Um, we need to raise our kids towards independence and a kind of unique 
dependence. And that's what we're going to look at, three different areas. And we're going to find that in Matthew's gospel in this section. So Matthew chapter 19, uh, I'm going to read verses 4 through 6. You're welcome to follow along in your Bibles. Uh, uh, So a little background here. Uh, Jesus is going to be uh, attempted to be trapped by the Pharisees. They're going to test him, asking him on the subject of divorce. Good, controversial subject here. They're going to say, is it lawful? Right, Because they think it's a catch-22. No matter what Jesus says, he's going to He's going to offend somebody. And Jesus, in uh, the wisdom and understanding of God's word being solid, he goes back to what we read in Genesis 2 this morning. So with that in mind, chapter 19, verse 4, Jesus replies, Haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning, the creator made them male and female and said, For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let man not separate. Um, this, This passage that I'm choosing for today is unique to the subject of our raising of our kids. Uh, I would spend another time, especially in a Bible study, Bible study time, to examine this passage where we would take it directly in its context. However, for this morning, I just want to lift up three spheres of principles for our job as parenting and raising our kids. And I want you, if you have kids, you need to pay close attention to this. If you don't have kids, I want to challenge you to, to examine how this applies onto your own life and how this is true for you as well. The, the first, if you have Uh, First observation, if you have a set of the sermon notes in front of you, is the word independence. We need to raise our children with a sense of independence, meaning we need to raise them to leave properly. I want to remind you of this. You have a mission as a parent and as a grandparent. Your mission is to get the kids to leave. Amen? Did I hear any amens from that? That's right. That is your mission. You will find moments where that, that, that uh, tender father's heart and that loving uh, gift of mothering wants to kick in and you want to step in and you want to insert yourself back into their lives. But be careful with that because your job is not to remain having them looking to you forever and ever. Your job is to have them fly on their own, to raise them towards independence such that you've worked yourself out of a job. That's the whole idea. And I want you to know that's a mission. That's a goal. It's something that you have to work towards. Now, many kids today are leaving home early. So they're leaving home, but they're not leaving home properly. They're like that song. They're they're leaving. They're excited to leave. Here's what I want you to factor in. Kids do not leave home because of rules, because there's too many rules in here. That's not why they leave. They leave the wrong way because of broken relationships. That's why they want to leave and they want to get out of there. Now, hopefully you have rules in your home, but hopefully those rules are upheld within a loving kind of a relationship where they know that which you are impressing upon them is for their good. Now, when we think of this, of them leaving, it's predicated on the primary goal of passing on our faith. That's why you want them to leave, so that they go and they do the whole adventure of life that you just finished finding someone to marry, raising kids, and continuing to pass 
on the faith. Now, there's um, an image that I want to give you, an illustration for what this looks like. And I need, I need some volunteers to help with this. So I'm going to pick on Phil and Peggy because they're right here. So big round of applause for Phil and Peggy to come on up. Come on up. Come on, right up here, right up here. I'm going to move away from the mic for a second. Can everybody hear me okay? Just, just for illustration's sake. Um, did any of you ever run track in high school? Anybody run track? Phil's going to raise his hand. So one of the uh, one of the best races is a relay race. This is going to be our baton. It's really a screwdriver, but we're going to pretend it's a baton. Phil, you're going to be passing it on to Peggy. So Peggy, face that direction. All right. Now here's the right form. Take this hand here. There you go. Just like that. Good. Now, uh, now, now just just make the pose here. Let's just see it for a minute. Beautiful. Look at that. All right. Round of applause for Phil. I'm going to call you up again. That's all. Come on. You can sit on. Keep that with you. You're going to come back up again. Now. When it comes to a, a baton uh, passing, there's really two key areas uh, that make it successful. It's in the exchange, and it's in the work that's done by the runner that's passing it. If you're going to win the race, uh, success in a relay, first of all, depends on how that previous runner has run, and then it depends on the exchange. That's this first point. Hopefully, you as parents and grandparents are running the race. Do you know that that command is given to you from Scripture to run with perseverance, shedding off those things that are hindrances to you and entangle you, specifically the writer of the book of Hebrews in chapter 12 is talking about sin in your lives? Hopefully that's you. Hopefully you are running. Well, the exchange is that little speck of time you get with your kids to help them see from mom and dad that they are seeking to honor God with their lives. That's what that exchange looks like. Now, it's going to get harder from here, but I want to give you the second second point from this text. Uh, the, the, by the way, just from the first point, I, I want to draw you back to verse 5. Jesus, in quoting God's design for children, says, for this reason, a man will, what? Will leave. So look, if that's God's design, we need to make sure that we're a functioning and ordering ourselves according to his plan for our kids. They need to leave. That's the plan. So independence, that's number one. Number two is dependence. The second observation for raising your children is raising them so that they understand in themselves, perfection is always going to be intangible. Are your kids perfect? Hey. Oh, no. Uh, no. no, they're not. Not a trick question here. Kids are not perfect. And so by dependence, what I mean is you need to raise them towards a heart of cooperation. You need to raise them with a heart towards cooperation. The, the word here that you have in this passage um, united. You'll look again in verse 5. He says, a man will leave his father and mother and be united. Uh, that word in Greek uh, means glued. Uh, the best way I could think of that was pull out some Velcro. You guys got Velcro home, right? So Velcro only works if you have what? Both, you have both sides, right? And uh, this side is going to want to stick to things that it shouldn't. And this side is going to want to pick up stuff that it shouldn't. But guess what they're made for? They're made for one another. And so that when it works according to the design, 
to the designer, manufacturer, it's designed not to work as two separate pieces, but as one unified piece. This one is not perfect on its own. It's gonna pick up a bunch of stuff it shouldn't. This one is not perfect on its own. It's gonna attract a bunch of stuff that it shouldn't, but together they are made no longer two, but they're made one. Now this is where this becomes a problem. Sometimes with parenting, we put this pressure on our kids to be perfect as though they think they can. Did you? Did anyone grow up in a world like that where you just felt kind of this oppression that you had to always be right and be perfect? Listen, I want you to know, if that is your case and strategy with parenting, imagine the difficulty you're setting them up for in marriage. Here you go. Is your spouse perfect? Oh, I'm going to get in trouble for this one. Right? I see some people nudging, right? I don't listen to the pastor, honey. You are perfect. You're perfect. If you think perfection is something that can be attained and you're raised in that sense, you will then take that same pressure and you will instill it into your kids that that's what they will expect from their partner. What a mess that will create in a marriage. Do you know what word we need within a marriage? You ready for it? It's a beautiful Christian word. Search with a G. We need grace for one another in a marriage. And so let's look again here in verse 5. It says, For this reason the man will leave his father and his mother, be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Verse 6, So they are no longer two, but one. Your job as parents is to pray for your child's spouse. That's your job. There's a lot you cannot control. But you know the God who can. And as you're raising them, raise them so that they see their deficiencies and yet know they are accepted and that they are loved. Do you know what that will do for them? That will instill and build within them the perspective that then looks to others to see they're not perfect either, but I still love and accept them. There's a word for that. It's called grace. That's how we need to raise our kids. Number one, praying that God will work ahead in the thing you cannot control, which is their spouse. And number two, that you will begin modeling for them and training them towards understanding they're not perfect, but only through Christ are they accepted as perfect before God because of Christ, and that is grace in their lives. Now, I recently had a mom ask me this past week, in light of all the difficulty that we have in this world, what can you do to help your kids make the right decisions? I'll just give you three. I could literally list 20. I'm going to give you three. The first, if you're looking, if you're, if you're going to talk to your kids or your grandkids, who should they look for in a mate? Number one, make sure that who they're looking for loves God more than they love you. That's number one. Whoever it is that your child is talking to, make sure that that other person loves God more than they love you. Do you know what that's called? If they love you more than they love God, do you know what that's called? It's called idolatry. That's what that's called. And God, if he is your God, will break you from that pattern so that you put him where he belongs. So step number one, help them to look for somebody who loves God more than they love you. Number two, take a look at their parents because sons become like their dads and daughters become like their moms. And so if, if your child is, again, teenager, if they're talking with somebody or if, if you're uh, looking to that stage of life, pay close attention to the family that they're coming from because the patterns that you see from there 
are likely to be repeated. And though you want to be cautious with that, be also very careful looking again for perfection. You will not find it. Thirdly and lastly, separate for, for uh, men and women, um, for the young men, I would ask them, uh, does a young woman have beauty deeper than her skin? Is she just attracting you with beautiful outward appearance? Or is there a beauty that goes deeper than her skin? That's the young woman that you want to look to. And for young men, are they able to lift others up by putting themselves down? A lot of time what you'll see with young men is it's, it's always a kind of bullying or talking other people down. Be very careful around those types of young men. You want to look for somebody who's able to elevate others while diminishing and lowering themselves. For that is the pattern that we are told from God that will be successful within a marriage relationship. So I'm going to ask uh, Phil and Peggy to come on up one more time. We're going to continue our race with a new metaphor. It's going to get harder. <clears throat> nope. So I like you to turn and face everybody again. So in this race of passing on our faith, it's actually a three-legged race. <laughs> <laughs> So, imagine a relay race where now you have to pass the baton like this. This is exactly what it is, though. It, in life, you are now two. Is that what the Bible said? You're one. You have to go together. All right, let's just see if you can make it back to your seats. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, big round of applause for Phil and Peggy. Great job, great job, great job. Oh, but it's going to get even worse. So just hang on. All right. So number one, you got to raise your children towards independence. Number two, you got to raise them towards dependence on one another. And then thirdly, you need to raise them. And this is just the word in dependence, because this is more of a nature of their life. If you look again with me at the text in verse 19, there is a overarching principle here that's easily missed. And it has to do with the designer of the whole plan. In fact, if you look at verse 4, you'll see it shows up there. Haven't you read? Who wrote it? God wrote it. That in the beginning, the creator made them. So who's the designer? It's God who made them. Uh, the issue of male and female is one I'm going to skip for now. That could come up in a Bible study time, but a lot of confusion in our world towards that. So uh, excellent passage here for helping us understand the nature of how we think about gender. Verse 5, he said, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh, so they're no longer two but one. Therefore, what God has joined together. Here's the idea. If, if your children are never raised to listen for God's voice in their life, they will forever miss the leadership of the designer. It was God who said it, it was God who commanded it, and it's God who joins it. Why would we ever think that you could have a successful passing of the baton without God in your life? If he is the one who is orchestrated from the beginning, all the, through the middle, all the way to the end, how crucial is it that we raise our kids with the understanding they must listen for the voice of their Lord in their lives. I'm myself reminded of when we 
started this message again looking at Hannah. Well, Hannah's son's name was Samuel. Now, Samuel went to live with the priest Eli. And you, you might remember, it's a long time ago we looked at this story. But little Samuel started to hear a voice. And he thought it was Eli calling him. So he went to Eli and said, yeah, I'm here. Did you call me? Eli said, that wasn't me. Three times this happened until Samuel realized whose voice was it that he was hearing. It was actually God's voice that he was hearing. But there's a huge problem with Samuel's story. If you have your sermon notes, you'll see I put a verse from chapter 8 from 1 Samuel on here. Let me just read it out loud to all of us. It says, when Samuel grew old, he appointed his sons as Israel's leaders. The name of his firstborn was Joel. The name of the second was Abijah. They served at Beersheba. But his sons did not follow in his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain and accepted bribes and perverted justice. Samuel was listening to God's voice, but he never trained who? He never trained his sons. We as parents and as grandparents must teach our kids they must live in dependence to God by always looking to him as the designer, the crafter, and the one who has brought and united a husband and a wife together. Now, just real quickly, we live in kind of an epidemic world, both with viruses and also within the church. There's a new word that's being thrown out there. You, You could Google this. It's called deconstruction. Has anyone heard that word? deconstruction of your of our faith nobody i'm surprised that nobody's heard of this yet it's a very popular thing right now to do uh, amongst uh, young people especially growing up in the evangelical camp that they are understanding the faith of my parents that i thought was mine actually isn't mine the baton never got passed and i believe the problem with that is because they have failed parents have failed in that transition to show their kids they need to be dependent on God. Do you know what that looks like in your life, mom and dad? Grandma and grandpa, you know what that looks like? That looks like you sometimes telling your kids, I don't have the answer, but let's pray. I'm not sure what we should do. In fact, whatever it is we're looking to, we need to pray first. You must model regularly in your life a dependency on God so that your kids don't grow up thinking it all rests on their shoulders, but they see it in fact rests on God's. And my mommy and daddy are always calling upon God. Therefore, I know I'll be raised with a dependence on him. So one last time for our concept of relay race. Please come back up one last time here. Phil and Peggy. Because not only is it a passing of the baton, Not only are they strapped together so it's not two, but but they're also blindfolded. I'm I'm actually not going to do it. Aren't they great? (laughs) But so imagine, imagine what that would be like though. Because if I put that, we'll just pretend. I'll have you just hold it here, Phil. In order for Phil to reach the finish line without being able to see, what does he have to rely on? Peggy, Peggy, if if she's blindfolded, she has to rely on someone on the outside. Someone on the outside giving them instruction. This is what I mean when I say independence, because you have to listen for God in your life. So not only is it a relay, not only are you strapped together, but you're really blindfolded to do this successfully. But if you do all those things right, you will, in fact, pass the baton on. 
thank you guys. Big round of applause for Phil and Peggy. The point of the illustration is that we would see the, the reason why there's a problem in our world today. Uh, what do you think? Are parents failing to pass the baton? Yes or no? What do you think? Are parents acting like there's still two instead of one? Yes or no? What do you think? Are parents failing to listen to God and instead they're trying to make it their own way? Do you see how difficult this is? So, if I asked you, who can do this? I would expect none of your hands to go up. But we all confess God can. And that's why I want to move us towards prayer. I want to give you just three things in your life for how you can apply this. First, with your kids, an application is you need to move them towards meat. Move towards meat. Uh, We read in Ephesians, the goal of maturity is so that we won't be infants. Paul's idea here as an infant is one who lacks discernment. They are tossed like a ship on the waves in the currents. Any which way the wind blows, they go that way. So when our culture is saying, hey, it's more fashionable to think and act like this, somebody who's an infant will do what? Drift right along with the culture. Paul says that's not the goal. We need to grow up. And the way you do that in your household is you move them, not towards milk, but to the meat of God's word. I want you to know that you must do this. I can't do this. Moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, you have to do this. And do you know where the application really hits then? Am I doing that? Am I, as a parent, pursuing meat? Or am I just kind of getting a little sip of milk and that's how I'm persisting my nutrition as a Christian? I would love to see some new faces on Wednesday at Bible study. Eight o'clock in the morning, if you're a morning person. If you're not, 7 p.m. at night. Lots of space to spread out. If you're not coming to Bible study in the middle of the week, when you need it most, I'm going to have kind of a naive confidence that you're doing it somewhere else. What do you need, milk or meat? Come on. (laughs) All together now, let's let Segola know what do you need, milk or meat? We got to move towards meat. Uh, Secondly, you need to grow in grace. That concept of perfectionism is so oppressive to a relationship. And it is an enemy towards grace. You need to grow your children in grace. Let them know they can't save themselves. Let them know they aren't perfect, but God accepts them and then lovingly grows them further from that point. And lastly, listen for the Lord. In the same way that Hannah was dedicating her son Samuel and Samuel listened, but he never taught his sons that. And you can see what had happened with them. We need to make sure that we pass the baton properly. And that really begins with you. You're not going to be able to teach your children to listen unless you first are what? Unless you listen for God. So, look, you put a lot of time and love. You put a lot of craftsmanship in this thing called parenting. Is it going to hold the weight? There's a lot of weight in our culture today, folks. There's a lot of it. The job never ends. Move them towards independence. They need to get out of your house. Number two, move them to be dependent and cooperative with the spouse. And number three, train them, saturate their lives with the perspective that they live every moment in dependency on the God who loves them and gives them grace. Let's pray.